This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit nicuconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal. This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology and the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible. I am Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova-Barbeau. We are neonatal intensive care physicians. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are joined by Leanne and Meg. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for, Thank having, you us. for having us. All right. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from and um, if you're playing any role with the CHNC, what, what is that? Sure. I am Leanne Pavlik. I'm at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm actually one of the focus group leaders for the Extremely Preterm Infant Focus Group within the CHNC. And I'm Meg Barcroft. I am a Neonatology and Equality and Safety Fellow at Nationwide, and I have a poster here. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> I have an so, oral well, poster. So, first, afternoon. we'd like to hear about your poster. So, we did a um, radiology QI project and looking at the quality of films. Mm. So, we kind of analyzed and came up with a, a system of grading them um, and found that we had really poor films. Mm. And so, we did a, a number of things over about a year um, to improve that quality. And we did significantly and, and had sustainment with it, too. So, what constitutes a, yeah, a good are film? Are these like yeah. radiographic terms yes. that we should learn? Um, some, yeah. what? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, we manually graded every single x-ray. So it was like 2,000 x-rays between a small group of us. Wow. Um, so we looked at positioning and um, collimation. So is it actually hitting the area that you want it to hit or just the chest or is the head and the chest included, um, rotation, and then a number of different things in terms of if they had like a central line, what was their positioning of their extremity, that, those types of things. So no, no way to crop the image and, and get a pass. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, I've always had this thought. I mean, it's, it, I've read about it, but that, you know, especially these little babies, we get like a, we used to call them a baby gram, right? Mm-hmm. Basically the we whole baby, baby, right? Gram. They're mm-hmm. baby grams. Mm-hmm. And... But you may just be looking at what's going on in the chest. You may just mm-hmm. had been wanting mm-hmm. to look at what's in the abdomen, and it, it has a distorted. Yeah, because the the angle right. matters tremendously. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. So that's that's the second portion of what we're doing. Um, so we actually look to see over that intervention period does. Did we have a decrease in how many repeat films we had mm. to see if we have that decreased radiographic exposure? But also, does it get more specific of because we also had a very large number of baby grams versus chest or versus mm-hmm. like the specific area. Um, so now we're kind of looking to see 
can we decrease and make it more specific that you're specifically doing the chest mm -hmm. now that we've gotten good at being able to do just the chest mm -hmm. when it's ordered. So you we'll can't sneak a peek at the belly. Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes the baby Unless you want to know. Like, you don't want to know. Like, no one wants to know what's happening down there if the baby's exactly. doing okay. Especially with small babies. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yes, and I can vouch that it's been very helpful in terms of quality of films as mm -hmm. a budget provider. That's mm -hmm. great. Well, Leanne, tell us a little bit about the Small Baby Focus Group. Yeah. It's so a big, big it's, project. It's a very large focus babies. group. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we started this a little over a year ago. Um, to really get together those of us who have an interest in these patients. We are focused on anyone less than 28 weeks, but certainly a lot of our conversations are around those 22 and 23 weekers mm. who have the most questions and the most uncertainty. Um, so I think we are still the biggest focus group in the CHMC, which I'm proud and, of. <laughs> and what is the goal of the group? Is it really to try to outline care a bit like a feeding protocol? Say, all right, we're going to try to take care of these babies all in the same manner. Or is it more focused on let's try to understand that population a bit better? I would say point number two, one unique challenge in the CHNC is that this is only level four NICUs, mm, and certainly right. I would say the vast majority of these kids are not at level four NICUs. Mm. Um, so really trying to focus, when we're using the database, focusing on things that bring them all together at level four, so surgical issues in the small babies. Mm. But we do a lot of other work in terms of just sharing guidelines, sharing what we do at our different centers, and trying to figure out what is the best way to help these patients. And we were talking, you know, about this kind of web that the focus groups are weaving. So especially with the small baby group, you you must overlap with yeah. all of the other I was going to say, since we're focused on yeah. a certain age and not a certain disease, we, I right. think almost everyone besides maybe like CDH were, that's not a good combination to have. Yeah. So how does that work when you guys are trying to decide um, on a project, an area of focus? How do you decide who gets to do it if there's an overlap? Yeah, so we have done some collaborations mm -hmm. where we'll meet with their focus group leaders and say, hey, this applies to both of our groups. Can we have the kind of most interested people from each group work together? So it's been a very nice built-in collaboration with a lot of different groups. So what should we be looking for in the future? What are you guys working on next? Yeah, so a couple of things that we've been doing are surveys to number one, just get an idea of the landscape for what are different sites doing for these patients. And one of our real interests is the, the prenatal counseling mm. and how we partner with our OB colleagues to figure out what exists in terms of whether it's standardized practices, training for fellows, mm -hmm. like how do we get better at talking to these parents before they even deliver? That. that kind of thing. That. And then we're working on a data poll, trying to leverage that kind of fact that not all patients are at level fours, looking at trends in care over time for surgical issues, say in 22 and 23 weekers. Um, we're always interested in what you've learned while yeah. you're here. And uh, see so if maybe you can share one takeaway, one or two takeaways that, that you'll take back with you or something that you're looking forward to seeing that we, we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, so I am a neonatology fellow, but also doing quality and safety mm -hmm. fellowship. Um, and so QI is a huge interest of mine. Are you going to um, be the next CHNC QI fellow? <laughs> Maybe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Brianna also now went we through both of those programs. Now so we I am know very much so That's why I'm at, we, we just spoke to Brianna yesterday. So yeah, I she's can, incredible. Yeah, she's trailing the They're the massive path, yeah. shoes to fill, but yeah. you know, we'll what? see. Yeah. Um, but my, my special interest within QI is equity work. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a focus group yesterday on equity focus QI. Mm -hmm. um, and it was right up my alley of interest, but it was so great to kind of be in a room full of people that, you know, I've kind of like you guys, right? Like meeting the people behind mm -hmm. the names and, and the people that you have 
looked and read all of their all of their different manuscripts, yeah. um, and just kind of being able to ask them questions directly and learn from them was awesome for me. But what yeah. is? Can you define equity based QI? Yeah. So essentially, it's um, a number of different things. So in terms of if you are looking at general outcomes, mm-hmm. um, one would be just breaking it down by race, breaking it, breaking it down by different demographics outside of race mm-hmm. um, to not only just see what is that outcome trend and are you improving it over time, but see within that outcome, are you making it better for one group, but you're making it worse for another? Or mm-hmm. do you have a, a disparity that you're actually decreasing? Yeah. Um, and then once you kind of delineate that out, but also then really, really focusing in on making sure that every single QI project and every single kind of focus within your division has a component that is helping everybody. And the reason I'm asking is because we use the word equity so frequently now mm-hmm. that I think we may yeah. be forgetting sometimes what does that mean practically speaking. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so thank you for, Absolutely. for going through that. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything from the workshop that you're going to be able to use in your practice or your research? Yeah. So one of my projects right now um, back at Nationwide is looking at race documentation and the accuracy and completion of that. Mm. Um, and one of the discussions was on that exact topic. Mm. So it was great to get some different ideas of um, utilizing birth certificates and utilizing different aspects of the EMR that I had not thought of. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely things that I've already contacted the mentors that's back great. home and Good said, I have you. ideas. So. I think that's a great tip because you meet so many people in a conference and you have so many ideas, but you got to send the email right away yeah. because yeah. if not, you get back yes. to work yes. and you get back to studying yep. and yep. it goes by the way. And every yeah. week that passes, you're yeah, like, less they likely. won't remember me. <laughs> right. And that's it's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I still have a bunch of emails from last year that that's I haven't right. sent. That's right. That we're sitting. Certainly important as a fellow, I think, because yeah. I have... I have a list of the different people that I've met and been able to kind of network with, but that's on my to-do list. For yeah, I think that's that. huge as a fellow. We tend to underestimate the fact that as fellows, we can network with yeah. our senior attendings yeah. and they're mm-hmm. interested in partnering mm-hmm. up. And so, yeah, that's a good point. And that's where I love this conference is it's a very kind of yeah. small, intimate conference. So totally even as a fellow, amazing. I was able to really meet key people in the field, whereas some conferences are kind of much more big and overwhelming and it's hard to... PS really is very PS is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, PS, you run into people. It's very hard to be placed in a room where you can engage with that many people yep. at once. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a very busy conference. So it's nice to have these venues, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And anything you're taking back with you? Yeah, for me, I always love to hear what the other focus groups are working on. Yeah. Um, so my, I'm a clinical researcher, so my brain works in kind of research terms. I love to hear, I don't have a... And have QI training, med ed training. So mm-hmm. I love to hear what other groups are doing, just good ideas for us in terms of, oh, I never would have thought of that, but we could work on this as a group. Yeah. So I, I love to hear that. the ongoing projects and just how folks have used this network to creatively make changes and make improvements. Any ongoing projects that were like, oh, that's kind of cool? I think for me, um, one is a lot of the educational modules. I think creating mm-hmm. resources, whether it's for trainees, for parents, for bedside staff mm-hmm. that I never would have thought of, but like, oh, we could actually work on that. That's and that could be used by any center as opposed to right. this is very unique to our feeding protocol or mm-hmm. things that we do here. Yeah, instead of reinventing the wheel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. together. Uh, work smarter, not harder. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. well, thank you both so much for joining us. So great yeah. to meet you. It was great to meet you in person. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. 
We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the-incubator.org. You can also message the show on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter, at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.